Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. By the way, next Sunday morning, I was praying here yesterday and, uh, you know, I really felt like I got to download something that I had never thought of, didn't come out of anything I'd been reading or anything I'd heard anybody say. I heard the Lord say to me, I'm reshaping the church. And uh, then I wrote down, I think it's five, I'm not sure, things that I believe come out of Scripture that uh, I believe will be an inspiration to many of you. And that's next Sunday morning. Next Sunday night, I'm going to be speaking on your roller coaster emotions. Because uh, I don't know about you, but I have my great days when I'm woo. And then I have some of the other days when I'm uh-oh. So uh, whether you're on a woohoo or an uh-oh, uh, next Sunday night, I'm sure will be a great help and a great blessing to every single one of you. And again, great to see so many of you in the building. Give me a wave up in the balcony. Love you folks up there in the back. Look way up in the back up there. Ah, how cool. How wonderful to see you. The scarcest, most sought-after resource on earth today is not a precious metal or a rare element. It's actually your attention. I want to speak to you this morning about paying attention. Think about it a minute. The average modern person is exposed to around, believe it or not, 5,000 advertisements a day. If you're in Australia, see if you can complete this little ditty. We're all in this. Look how many of you know exactly what comes next. You have been so bombarded by it, brainwashed by it, that you just straight up know what comes next. I don't know what it's like anywhere else around the world, but in Australia, I think that that's like everywhere. It's so much. So 5,000 ads a day, the average modern person receives 120 emails every single day. I personally know someone who says they get a thousand and that's not spam. They're just in the whole tech field. On top of that, there's all the texts. If you're in business somewhere or other, there's the customers, there's your work colleagues. Hey, I'm not even counting in this all the family stuff. Any parents here know that your children want more of one thing from you than anything else except food. They want your attention. Hey, hello, hello. I know when I FaceTime my three eldest grandchildren, there is a competing for granddad's attention. There's three bodies that are pushing in, trying to get in front. I want to say my bit to granddad, unless of course Thomas the tank engine is on, in which case granddad, no, it's okay. I don't need to talk to him right now. It's fine. So think about all of that stuff. Your smartphone. I know people who if this thing kind of buzzes, they can't help themselves. They've got to pick it up and have a look. I know people that leave it on. I've read studies on disrupted sleep by people who are so consumed with FOMO 
And for those oldies here, that's FOMO, F-O-M-O, the fear of missing out, that they leave them on all night long and so they don't get a proper sleep because they've got to find out who it is that's just like their Insta post. Think about it. Eight months ago, none of you had ever heard of social distancing. But now, every one of us, everywhere we go, I just, we, Ron and I were flying away for a couple of days to Exmouth this week. And I gotta tell you, on the plane, social distancing. Now, I don't know how you're supposed to do social distancing when there's someone in the seat next to you. But anyway, we were told that that was the requirement. The most sought after resource in all of the world today is the attention that you have. Everybody wants you to now pay attention. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. It says this, The serpent was clever, more clever than any wild animal God had made. He spoke to the woman, that's Eve. Do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, not at all. We can actually eat from the trees in the garden. It's only about the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, don't eat from it. That was the tree of knowledge of good and evil, not an apple tree. Hello. None of you have ever seen a tree of knowledge of good and evil. That was a tree, a spiritual tree. And God said, don't eat from it. Don't even touch it or you'll die. The serpent says to the woman, you won't die. God knows that the moment you eat from that tree, you'll see what's really going on. You'll be just like God, knowing everything, ranging all the way from good to evil. Watch this, when the woman saw that the tree looked good eating and realised what she would get out of it, she'd know everything. She took and ate the fruit and then gave some to her husband and he ate. Understand that Adam and Eve have walked past this tree because the, the Scripture says it's in the middle of the garden. So no matter where you were going in this garden, every day you'd walk past it. They have seen this tree every single day, maybe even several times a day. And Eve has seen it, but it's only now that it gets her attention. She's observed it, but for the first time she stops and the tree and what she's been told it offers gets her attention. I want you to understand today that we will always go in the direction of what gets our attention. You will always move towards that thing that gets your, your focus, that gathers your, uh, your sight, your inner picture, your inner seeing. There's lots of things at this time, right around the world, wherever we are, there are so many things that are vying for that very precious commodity called your attention. Right now, every message has got the volume turned way up. Everything on the news or the media, on social media, every conversation. We have gone from being a humanity where there are occasional peaks to living in a time where everything is a peak. Every news flash, 
is another crisis, another disaster, another great issue, another thing to fear, another thing to be concerned about. And I'm not pretending or denying that there are not significant and real issues that are pervading our world at the moment. But I want to speak to you about what you give your attention to. See, Eve saw it. But on this day, she doesn't only see it, she gives it her attention. Paul wrote to the Galatian church. And these were people that had started with great faith in Christ. They had come into the freedom that Jesus brings. They had started to realise they were set free from all the regulation and the rules that religion always brings into people's life. See, religion is always about what you've got to do in order to be accepted. And so these people have come into that freedom. But little bit by little bit, people start coming along and saying, you've got to understand, Jesus is not enough. You really need to add in to Jesus. You need to give Jesus a few accessories. I'm always interested in watching how much stuff, you know, we all now get, you know, like, uh, when it comes to all the devices and the technology in our world, all the bits extra. How many people have ever discovered you've got to buy all the extra bits? Huh? You, it's no longer just, you know, once upon a time people got on planes and read magazines. I'm not being a troglodyte here, some old Luddite, something out of the past. I like my tech as much as anybody. But I've discovered you can't just go and you've got to get this and you've got to get this. And, you, you know, my, my phone, God bless the manufacturers, but when they decided to change it, they put the listing piece and the power piece, it's the same socket. So I discovered after a while, I had to buy an adapter for my headphones. Then after I got the adapter, I discovered that I couldn't charge it at the same time. So then I had to buy another adapter that lets me adapt the adapter so that I can listen and so I can charge. Because if you get on the plane and your phone's starting to go flat, then you can't do that. And then you've got to add this in, you've got to add something or else in. And that's what the Galatians are doing. They're taking this marvellous freedom in Christ and going, that's not enough. Let's add some more stuff in. Listen to what Paul says to them in Galatians 3 verse 1. You crazy Galatians. That's not nice. You crazy Galatians. Did someone put a hex on you? The, the Greek word there in the King James, it's fascinated. But the Greek word means to... Sorry, to be, uh, sorry, the King James is bewitched. The Greek word means to fascinate. It means to get something and to kind of put it in front of someone's field of view so that you draw their attention away from what they were looking at and start seeing something else. He goes on and says, Have you taken leave of your senses? Something crazy has happened. For it's obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your lives. His sacrifice on the cross was certainly set before you clearly enough. These people have gone from having a clear understanding of their, their freedom in Christ and now they've been drawn away. Remember what I said? You will always move in the direction of what gets your attention. And so the Galatians have gone from a freedom in Christ 
to now, that's not enough, you need more. Some of them are contemplating circumcision. We know that because if you read Galatians, he mentions it several times. These people are thinking of, well, we better take the next step and the next step. And slowly but surely, they are getting further and further away from the simplicity that is faith in Christ. Listen to me, following Jesus ultimately is not that complicated. Best advice I ever got from my pastor who is an old Australian bushy, we would say here, like an outdoorsman, you might say in the States, or a woodsman, you might say in Europe. In other words, you'd grown up out there where mateship is such a strong part of life. I'll never forget it. He said to me, if you want to follow Jesus, make Him your mate. And the sense of the Aussie word of that, which is a, an incredibly close friend. I never forgot that. And I think most of my life has been guided by the wisdom of that simple truth. If you want to follow Jesus, don't make it complicated. Make Him your best friend. Treat Him like your best friend. Talk to Him like He's your best friend. Don't talk to Him like He's a distant relative that you're hoping will write into the will. Talk to Him like somebody who is on your side and is intimately acquainted with you yet loves you all the same. We will go in the direction of what gets our attention. So let's be careful about what we give our attention to, particularly right now. Is your attention towards faith, towards selfless, towards Christ? Or is your attention slowly but surely going towards doubt and uncertainty? Is that what's filling your field of view? Oh, we don't know. Is fear becoming the thing that is getting your attention or that might go wrong? Maybe if you get into that place, it's not long before you lose a selfless focus and it becomes all about me. I've got to look after me. I don't care what's happening to anybody else so long as I'm okay. Are you drifting away from Christ? Paying attention is incredibly important because you will move in the direction. Listen to me, I watch this in people's lives. I watch people get caught up in some issue or other and slowly but surely they move towards the issue and they lose and leave the simplicity that's in Christ because of that. Let me give you one more. Matthew 14, uh, if you've been around this church a while, you've definitely heard me speak on it because it's one of my favourite passages. It's a great story. The disciples are in a storm and in the middle of the night, the darkest moment, Jesus turns up. But He's not in a rowboat. He's not in a little tender. He's not in some dinghy. He's not kayaking out there. He's walking on the water. And uh, as everybody would do, you know, like sometimes in the dark and scary moments, because they all, big storm, they think they're going to die. And so they cry out for fear. They think it's a ghost. I don't know what that meant to them, but they can see somebody and their brain goes, this doesn't make sense. This has got to be bad. Jesus speaks to them and says, you know, don't worry, it's me. Peter turns, Peter, who else? Peter the big mouth, the guy who, who speaks and then thinks afterwards. He says in verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Bid me, tell me to come to you on the water. Let me read verse 29. So Jesus said, come. 
And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. woo Oh, I would love to see that in action. Oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to get the action replay. Because I really want to see, did he kind of, you know, just, did his feet get wet? Did he go up and down with every rise of the way? Was the wind blowing his hair back or was he kind of like in a bubble and none of it bothered him? I want to know what that was like. I want to know. And then I want to take the, the third camera shot because one shot's Jesus, one shot's Peter. And then I want to see the third camera shot, camera three. I want to go to the third camera shot and I want to see the disciples that are in the boat watching the guy they grew up with walk on water. Don't you wish they had Instagram back then? We could all be looking at that and seeing the way it goes. These guys get out there, but verse 30 goes on and says, But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Same as the first story I told you of Adam and Eve. Peter had already seen the wind and the waves. It says they're in a storm. So the difference isn't what you see. The difference is that now Peter, instead of giving his attention to Jesus, remember what it said? He came down out of the boat to go to Jesus. Jesus has his full attention. But when he saw the wind, you can't see Jesus and see the wind at the same time. He shifted his attention away from Jesus and starts seeing all the stuff that's going on around about it. Now this thing gives, uh, gets His attention. So I said to you that you'll always move in the direction of what gains your attention. Here's the second truth that I want you to get today. Is this, that what we give our attention to controls our emotions. Up until that moment, Jesus is the focus of His attention and He can do the miraculous. Isn't that amazing? He can walk on water. But when He shifted His attention from Jesus to His circumstances, to all that was already there. Listen to me this morning because I'm not a professional speaker. I'm just another believer called by God And God wants to give you something to help you for this week to come. God wants to give you something for your life for right now. Because I would guarantee that many of you right now, there are things that are trying to get your attention of what God promised you, of what God said He would do, of the things that God's put in front of you. And the enemy is trying to get you to go, I'm not going to look at that. Let me look at what everybody else is saying. In that moment, Peter became just the same as those that had never left the boat. That's a remarkable thing. You can be that close to Jesus and be that far away. Are you with me? You can have Jesus in your heart. You can be going to heaven when you die. But if you put your attention in the wrong place, then He stops having control over your emotional life and you've just given it to other things that are taking your attention. Are you with me? Now, 
I wish that I could tell you that this is so easy that after preaching this and after hearing all this, I just simply go, got it. Flick the switch, away we go. And that thereafter, I find myself like, this is, I, I don't know when, a couple of weeks ago, probably this message kind of came to me and so I started thinking about it. And ever since then, I've been conscious of the fact that during my day, there are things trying to take my attention away. Things that aren't going the way I want them to. Things that are going opposite to the way I want them to. Things that are concerning people that I love. And it's very easy to do that. And I find I've got to keep... I wonder what would have happened if Peter had saw the wind and the waves boisterous and for a moment had begun to sink because it didn't say he sank. It says he began to sink. I wonder what would have happened if Peter could have done this. And put the blinkers on, as it were, and started to say, Jesus, I'm coming to you. You told me to come so I can. And Lord, so I'm just going to focus on you. I think what would happen, Peter would have risen up out of the place he was singing to, whether it was to his knees or his calves, he would have risen up there and this would have been the rest of the story. He would have come to where Jesus was. What we give our attention to controls our emotions. So I've got to ask you the question, what are you giving your attention to? Is it the latest news feed? Now, you can't ignore it. I'm not suggesting you do. Though some people probably need to turn the volume down on some of those things in their life. But I'm not suggesting that any of us should just pretend or ignore. But I'm saying it's not a, the, the wind and the waves weren't disappearing. They're still there. The problem wasn't the circumstance. The problem was what Peter was giving his attention to. The problem for Eve was not that there was a serpent in the garden that talked. The problem was what Eve gave her attention to. When she saw the tree and that it was good for food. For the first time ever, she looked at it differently. Are you looking at everything differently right now? Maybe it's your business and you go, I, I'm not sure whether I'll even have a future. Why don't you come back and say, you know what, I'm going to look. I'm hearing so many amazing stories. I was talking to a man right here, a matter of fact, at least two this last week or so, that have said to me, I'm busier than ever. I've got work coming out of my ears. Now, that's no comfort to you if they just told you you were redundant last week. But can I say to you, why don't you not let that out there get your attention? One of the things that amazes me about Destiny Offering is how many people have got amazing confidence in the 10 months that lie ahead to say, I'm making a commitment that I believe God will help me to fulfill over the next 10 months. I said to someone this week, I'm inspired by the faith of the people in this church. Because most people aren't giving it out of a stored up amount that's excess. Most people are making a commitment based on, I heard Jesus say, come. And so I believe that He's going to make a way for me. I want to encourage you, if you've heard something from God, keep watching it, keep listening to Him and go the whole of the journey. Whatever you give your attention to will control your emotions. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through to 9. I'm just going to read it before I pray. Because it tells us what we should give our attention to in the midst of troubled times. 
Because it starts off in verse 6 saying, be anxious for nothing. You don't write that if everything's great. You write it if everything's pear-shaped. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Then he goes and says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's anything of virtue and anything praiseworthy, meditate or give your attention to these things. Then the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. I don't know about anybody else in this service today, but there have been moments for me in the last six months where, you know, you're, you're, you're close to giving in to the worry. Uh, is that too honest? Am I allowed to be that honest? I know some people want a bulletproof Superman preacher. They want a pastor who every day just ascends up to the mountain and talks to Jesus and holds his hand. And I'd love to tell you that's me, but I'm just like you. It's a walk of faith. Give your attention to all these things and you'll have peace. I want to pray with people that are in this service this morning. Maybe there's a whole lot of stuff. Maybe it's not a general thing. Maybe there's a really good reason. Like, hello, wind and waves was not a figment of his imagination. So like Peter was the only one seeing it. Everybody saw it. Everyone knew what was happening. The problem was what Peter gave his attention to. Father, help us today in Jesus' Name. So much, Lord, is demanding. Look here, look here, look at this, think about this, focus on this, worry about this. But Lord, You tell us that You're our Saviour, the One who saves. You say You're our Lord, the One who rules. So God, this morning, today, we take our attention. We put it on You and on every promise You have for us. God, if You said You'd do it, we're going to keep on going and knowing that You're going to help us. I pray for people that feel like they've been fascinated, caught by that thing. Would You break that spell and release them, Lord, into a freedom in their mind and heart. In Jesus' Name, Amen. There's a verse that I learned or a couple of verses I learned them when I was pretty much a new Christian. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12 says this, and here is the record of the testimony that God has given to us eternal life and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. I remember reading those verses and understanding that the moment I said yes to Christ, eternal life began for me at that moment. Eternal life is not when you die, you get it. You get eternal life the moment you say yes to Christ. Do you know people all through the week, yesterday morning, two more yes texts came in. I don't know whether that was someone thinking about it from last Sunday, someone who was a part of the service at some other point later in the week because all of our YouTube services stay up, we leave them all up there. 
And whether it was someone who got a hold of that and said, you know what, I, I want to say my yes to Jesus. And if they're in Australia, they texted through to 488 If you're outside of Australia or you want to get that help to follow Christ via email, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Whichever one it was, those people said their yes. And Christ came into their life because He said, I'll stand at the door of your life and I knock. If you open the door, I'll come in here. I'm praying for you and lots of people are that you'll say your yes to Christ today. Whoever you are, you may be in this service here in front of me. You can do exactly that. Text your yes in. Email it in. Let us know and then we'll send you every day just from us, from no one else. It doesn't come from a third party. It's from our church. We send you just one scripture and one prayer. If it's on one screen of your smartphone, a different one every day for 30 days. You can opt out whenever you like. That's up to you. But most people I know continue right through that and say, I want to follow Christ. I pray you'll do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope this morning has helped you and encouraged you. This week, I'm going to give my attention to what God says. In a minute, Pastor Bruce will be live down there in the studio, ready to do ministry time, pray with people about specific areas. If you're in the building and you'd like prayer, please just come forward. We'll have some of our team ready to pray with you. 